So we're here uh, with, with you, Don Schoendorfer, who have uh, done some amazing things with some uh, gifts that God's given you. Uh, there was a problem, there is a problem in the world, right? Landmines, unclean conditions, birth defects, hazardous work. 70 million people need a wheelchair and can't afford one. And one day something happened that changed your life. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, thank you, and thank you for having me be part of this um, this presentation. Well, yeah, it was back in 1999 when I was just sort of struggling. Uh, uh, I had come back to my knees with respect to uh-huh. God yeah. due to f- issues with family pressures, mm-hmm. you know, t- raising children, that kind of thing. Yeah. My wife was the same situation. Uh, going to church wasn't enough. I had to become more than just a pedestrian. Uh-huh. I, st- I tried doing some tutoring, some mentoring, and it was almost like God said, Don, you, you, you don't like people. You're an introvert. You hated sociology. You hated psychology. You hated these classes. You don't uh-huh. have any background in teaching. Why don't you do something with your tools? Yes. I, I'm an engineer. Yeah. And I started to look into uh, a something that reminded me of a problem on a vacation 20 years before, mm-hmm. vacation to Morocco, 79, seeing a woman trying to use her fingers in place of her legs to cross the dirt road. Wow. And it, it was shocking. It was yeah. so disappointing because there was nothing we could do, and nobody cared about helping her. Yeah. it was like they, they see this every day. It yeah, was, I think some people in, in North America, when we, when we think about free wheelchair mission, or we think about wheelchairs, or we think about lack of mobility, we think, oh, that's that person in a wheelchair who has to wheel themselves around. But you're talking about something quite different, which is mm-hmm. people who have no wheelchair who have to drag themselves around. Drag. That was that moment for that you in Morocco? Moment, you know, and, there, and there's, you know, there's many more difficult cases than even perhaps you don't have the strength to drag and you're waiting for somebody or suppose you're too heavy and then you're laying in the corner someplace until you die. It's, yeah. And so, but then, you know, I was so caught up in becoming a successful inventor and I wanted to make a billion dollars so that I didn't need to ask anybody for permission to do anything because yeah. that's my introverted nature again. If I remember, 50 patents, MIT, PhD, right? So you didn't just uh, tinker around with no skill set. You had some pretty tall cotton in terms of your uh, academic background. And I uh, was very happy doing what I was doing, working for medical companies in the United States. And I was being paid to be an inventor and to get new products out. And I never became the billionaire, but I was having a great time of it. Yeah. But then all of a sudden this thing happened with respect to the family and uh, my questioning what my uh, contribution was to yeah. the world. And uh, and then in this memory of this woman in Morocco, and I started to do some research and um, find out this number. And now it's agreed to be 70 million by the World Health Organization. But 70 million people, people that have no wheelchair? Have no wheelchair, need a wheelchair, who can't walk, who need some kind of mobility aid. Wow. Um, that's a huge number. And even that's just a total estimate. And I know it's way low because yeah. I've been with them when they're giving out from their list people who need wheelchairs. And then there's people at the truck waiting for the wheelchair because they see a truck full of them. Yeah. And they're not on the World Health Organization's list. Yeah. Isn't, is there sort of a, a, an obvious huge dichotomy between North America and third world countries? Would the number of people in North America who need a wheelchair be zero? 
Uh, no, uh, probably there's about 1% of our population in a wheelchair. Okay. Uh, we get calls two or three times, sometimes in a day, for people wanting a wheelchair because they, they find on the Internet free wheelchair mission. Well, uh-huh. that's us. Uh-huh. That's what we need. We uh-huh. call them. And we have to explain to them we don't help people in the, develop, in the United States or yeah. developed countries. Yeah. But the, the difference really is we have a lot of with the best medicine in the world. We have safety. We have OSHA. We have all these things that prevent people from getting accidents in mm-hmm. accidents. Um, in the developing world, none of that. There's no, like I say, figuratively, there's no guardrails or crash helmets in the developing world. There's mm-hmm. just, so accidents happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And so my estimate is 2% of mm-hmm. the developing world needs a wheelchair. And it's for reasons, some of them are common because there are, you know, spinal cord injuries and that kind of thing. There's, there's, um, Problems with child childhood, childbirth, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. their problems is what you mentioned when you began with is the lack of any medical attention at all, uh, mm-hmm. nutritional f- facts, information about diabetes. Nobody even knows what's mm-hmm. causing the numbness in my leg, and then mm-hmm. it has to be amputated. Well, I guess that just happens. You know, no, they don't yeah. know why. Yeah. And so all these things are just you know, kind of piling up, and it and an alarming rate. Yeah, which, which makes this seventy million very believable. Yeah, so Morocco, you saw somebody crossing a, a street, a road. They had to drag themselves. You realized when you got back home, seventy million is the 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 number of people who don't have what they need in terms of mobility. What did you do about it? Well, first, I've I've tried to figure out what who else is doing things about it first. Yeah, uh, didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Uh, and I, I met, no pun intended. Yes. And I, I met people that had spent 20 years trying to solve this problem, and their hearts were behind it. They had given, they made sacrifices, I mean missionaries, and hmm. and um, and their, their hearts were in solving this problem, but they were trying to use a vehicle, a wheelchair, uh, either a used wheelchair that was refurbished, a Western wheelchair, in other words, one for the United States, say. Yeah. And then, or they're buying a, a low-end, uh, brand-new wheelchair. Um, and they're expensive either way. It's yes. A, it's, it's a whole lot of labor and, and get, trying to refurbish these chairs. And they're all different. They're all designed for Western world terrain. Yeah. And the low-end, they're also designed for the Western world terrain. And uh-huh. you guys are working so hard. How many have you given out? And how many have you given out? And I went around and tried to contact everybody I could in the world and added up all that they'd given out. And I came up with a number of a hundred thousand, nineteen ninety nine. For now, if we say it's a seventy million, that's a pretty small. It's a fraction of one percent. Right, right. And I'm thinking of that woman in Morocco, and I don't have the what I know now a little bit more about uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and uh, orthopedics and all that other stuff. But mm-hmm. back then, I'm thinking, gee, if I was her, I'd want to have a chair mm-hmm. with wheels on it. Because mm-hmm. obviously she had strong arms because she was pulling herself with her arms. Right. And so what I'm, I'm saying, you know, being the engineer, what, and I, I knew that number was huge. What's the least expensive, most durable, functional wheelchair I could come up with? And you know, I didn't have to go far. Tustin Marketplace in Orange County, California. Yeah. Toys R Us and Home Depot. Yes. Home Depot had chairs for, on sale because it was the end of the summer. Those white acrylic garden chairs. Exactly. That you... Uh, Buy for your backyard every yeah. summer. And Toys R Us are just gearing up for Christmas sales, and they had bicycles for uh-huh. $50. And I'm enough of an engineer to know that if they're selling this for 50 what that will, what that bicycle was made for 
in China and then what those wheels are made for. And I'm figuring uh -huh. there may be three or four dollars for those wheels. And, yeah. And the chair was four. Yeah. So I'm now up to ten dollars. Yes. I need two casters. I need some steel to connect it all. Uh huh. So I made a prototype. It looked like it was going to work. Uh -huh. Got some encouragement from the church I go to, Mariner's Church. Yes. And said, so, well, but you have to prove that this is going to work. So I would say, hey, that's just up my alley. That's what I've been doing as a, as an engineer, as a mm -hmm. career engineer. So I'll I'll make 100 of them. Yeah, and you're still working at Baxter at the time. No, but this time I had moved on to another. Different organization. Yeah. And so I, I mean, my part-time, my spare time, I'm getting, I'm out in the garage tinkering, coming yeah. up with the design, putting these in boxes so they wouldn't take up a lot of room in the garage, and then waiting for an opportunity to get them out in the field. Yeah. So we, you, you have something in common with Steve Jobs, started Apple in the garage, yes. so free wheelchair mission started in the garage. So I'm waiting and waiting, and my wife is waiting and waiting, because you can't get the car in the garage any longer. And, uh -huh. and finally, I get this opportunity through Mariner's Church to take uh, go on a medical mission trip yeah. as a volunteer with doctors and nurses to India. Hmm. And uh, I didn't think this was going to fly because I'm not a doctor or a nurse. I'm not going to be able to practice medicine. So I go to the first meeting, and there, the, all the talent you'd imagine, high-level you know, doctors and nurses in Orange County wanting to go to do practice medicine, and there's this engineer who can't do a thing yeah. as far as practicing medicine, and oh, by the way, he wants to bring 100 wheelchairs with him. Yeah, and how do you get those on a plane? Yes, and yeah. they had they you know they had sutures and vitamins and nutritional important supplements, things, and really important things. They didn't take up much room. You could put them in a suitcase. That's right. And so I I, I struggled trying to figure out how to get a, a hundred wheelchairs because that was even a small number to do mm -hmm. some kind of statistical study. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, I could only bring four, mm. one for each passenger, and I had to pay one hundred twenty five dollars excess baggage as fee. baggage. Yeah. Uh, I, I know of which you speak. I don't know if you remember, I took a group from Saddleback Church in my Bible study down to Mexico, and we brought about 25 chairs down. We decided to assemble them here. I called the airline, which will <laughs> remain nameless at the moment, and said, I would like to bring 20-some wheelchairs to Mexico. You, of course, would not charge me baggage fees because this is a wonderful humanitarian mission. And they said, of course, we would charge you baggage fees. So I called, instead of their operations department, I called their marketing department and said, wouldn't you love to take a bunch of pictures to show how mm -mm -mm airline is providing humanitarian relief to people mm -hmm. who can't walk in Mexico? And they said, absolutely. And they met us at the airport and they were all free. Oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, I wish I had your talent. <laughs> I don't know. I was just persistent. And then at the last minute, I brought forward, went to Trinidad, India with a clipboard ready to take notes and... We gave this first wheelchair away, and that in itself is a, is a it's really strong story, but it mm -hmm. takes a little while. But basically what happened was, um, you know, the first patients who come for this cardboard clinic that was in the suburbs of Chennai, India, people who had never seen a doctor before, uh -huh. got a chance to meet some doctors and have some diagnoses done and yeah. maybe some prescriptions done. And, and I just happened to put a wheelchair on the top of the bus, and I was just sort of the volunteer setting up the card tables and moving boxes yeah. around. And I noticed these first pair um, people, first patients, first customers, carrying something, taking turns carrying it. As they get closer, I notice it's a, it's a boy. Uh -huh. And the boy is really uncomfortable because I found, I found out later he has cerebral palsy, a rather uh -huh. advanced case of it. And... Uh, there was no place for them to other than stand and wait for the doctors to be ready. So I got the wheelchair down, put it in front of them. I didn't have a translator because what would the volunteer need a translator for? Right. 
And I just smiled, and um, I thought the man would sit down because that's it's a man's world in a developing world. And, yeah. And he was tired, and she was tired, the mom. And, no, he, the mom put the boy in the chair huh. and, and started to get his arms set because so they, they were flailing around. He couldn't control where he put his arms and legs, but yeah. she would get him sorted out and put him back in and started to calm down because he wasn't being carried by a person who was sweating in 100 degrees with 100% humidity. Yeah. And they were in the shade, and then she's starting to rock him back and forth in the wheelchair like a mother would. Wow. And then she's starting to do figure eights. That's interesting. She's pushing the wheelchair like she knows what she's doing. And then she goes, she's heading for the curb, and I'm thinking this is going to be it. Because, you know, if you don't go over with the wheels lined up to the curb, it can tip over. Yeah. And that could be the end of free wheelchair mission. We didn't have a name. <laughs> the first chair. <laughs> very first experiment. <laughs> but she lined it up perfectly and went over on the grass, and then she came back and went up on the curve just like she was a professional. Hmm. And all my peers noticed this, and they run over, and they say, what's going on? I said, I'm, I don't have an explanation for this. Yeah. So we wound up bringing this these these people back to the village. It was a Sunday, and everybody had the day off, and and um, um, we go into the uh, the house, and we're all gathered around, and the neighbors start gathering around, and then uh, the guy who was with us was because a Christian Mission Charitable Trust, who they're our host while we're on this mm-hmm. mission trip. His name was Moses. Okay, that's good. Yes, and and uh, uh, Moses says, Don comes up to me, and says, Don, we got to leave right away, immediately. I said, Why? He said, well, I didn't have the thought to go and knock on the door of the um, the elders. He's like the mayor. Uh, in the little village, he's like the mayor. He's the mm-hmm. one who's, you have to ask for permission to come into your village. You can't just barge in like that. And and I, I was disrespectful, and he showed up, and he's very looks very angry. So I said, okay, Moses, I see he does look angry, and the last thing I want to do is get into a confrontation here. So, But before we go... I did my job. I want you to do yours. And and Moses says, well, what is my job? I said, well, I'm the engineer. I brought the wheelchair. I noticed you've got a Bible in your pocket. I'd like you to tell the villagers here and the family what, why we're doing this. Wow. And I don't know what he read. He opened the Bible. He looked a little nervous. He cleared his throat, started talking. And to me, this is like in what I'm used to when someone reads from a holy book, the Bible, you listen. Mm-hmm. He told me later, this has never happened to him. You walk into a Hindu village and you start reading a Bible and either they mock you or they just walk away because hmm. they know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But they're seeking, they're, they're wanting to know what's going on, an explanation here. And then we get ready to leave and the bus driver is really anxious because we're late. So he tries to drive and the villagers start running after us. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to stop. So they actually got in front of the truck and put their palms on the, on the windshield mm-hmm. to stop the driver turn around and the mom is coming out with two glasses of water hmm. she had she realized we're leaving the wheelchair behind she probably didn't believe what was happening it was going to be something it was hers huh. it was just a photo op thought it was something to show her and take back yes and then she felt that i've got to give him something back yeah and the only thing she could afford to give was water yeah wow and then i realized maybe this isn't something i had to prove with data yeah there's enough stuff going on here that it's it's I saw a family's life change in front of my eyes. Yeah. Um, and then the next day... And you have three more still, don't you? Three more wheelchairs to give out? Because yeah. you've got four? But the next day, uh, these people from Chennai, India, who didn't really, the mission, had really no interest in having another job, 
because they're already very busy and they never get their job done. Mm-hmm. They're driving me around Chennai, India to show me all the people who need wheelchairs that they wanted to distribute to. Oh, my. And I didn't even know I would someday have a distribution, a need for a distribution partner. Yeah, yeah. And there was a problem that God just solves right there. Wow, wow. And is that their, your partner today? They are, to this That's day. That's wonderful. And then to, cl- to clinch it all off, because I still didn't have my, my thinking straight. Yeah. Well, when I got home from this two-week um, mission trip, while I was gone, the company I was working for went bankrupt. Oh, my. So the Lord was kind of saying, hmm. Just in case he had any doubts. A little pushing <laughs> you out the door there. Right. And so that's what happened in uh, 2001. And um, we started to f- figure out a place, found another miracle. There's just a lot of them. I used to call them coincidences. but they're Yeah, really, uh, looking now right they're miracles. Them. Yeah. Uh, found a, a manufacturer, and in 2002, we started shipping this first design, this wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And I was, when I took the wheelchairs to uh, Mexico, it was still the white garden chair. Yes. And I know it's quite different today. So take us to today. Uh, we we went from a woman crossing the street that motivated and encouraged you to do something with your MIT, PhD, uh, inventor uh, skill set, and now Today, if I understand correctly, you have a vision for 2 million wheelchairs by 2025, but you've already done more than a million. Yeah, about 18 months ago, we did our millionth chair um, in Peru, um, and a very uh, a board of businessmen who they know we need a goal, mm-hmm. a, a big goal, a yeah. God-sized goal. So yeah. they said, can you do it the next million and half the time? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I wasn't quite prepared for that, but I said, well, the first year I only gave away 100, and the, the last year I gave away 80,000, so we got a head start. Yeah, yeah. So let's go for it. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a big goal. And what, a convened member, uh, Jeff Abbott, uh, has been somebody who's helped you, and he's taken groups of convened members on trips to, if I remember correctly, Ecuador. Yeah, that's what, what does that look like? If somebody's listening and they say, well, I'm a business leader and I'd love to do something to help free wheelchair mission, maybe I'd love to do something more than, you know, write a $100 check. Maybe I'd like to buy 100 or 1,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 wheelchairs and do a trip. What would they do? Well, he's very compassionate about free wheelchair mission, and he's made some really strong connections in uh, in Ecuador, so he, and he can, and he's brought I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 times he's brought people, yes. convened members and members from his yeah, and multiple churches. Trips. And uh, it, it's really easy to find people who will speak about the, the this idea of changing somebody's life with a wheelchair. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's so powerful when you see this. It's almost like you don't recognize the change in this person. Yeah. And when he shares this 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 compassion, and this, it's, it's really not difficult when you think about it. Raise the funds for a wheelchair or for a container, uh-huh. um, which costs about how much? Forty-four thousand dollars for five hundred and fifty wheelchairs. Okay. We ship them full container. I mean, full ocean container from uh, Shanghai to five hundred fifty at a time, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the only efficient way of shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that way you don't have to go convince the airlines like I did. Oh no, and you, and you <laughs> that was get, that was the early days. You get a few for free, but you're not going to get five hundred and fifty. <laughs> so it's averaging less than five dollars to ship a wheelchair yeah. anywhere in the world for us if we do it by container. Um, and then 
um, we've got great video, great stories, but, uh, and, and Jeff has a way of telling this, this situation that is very compelling, and, and he, he manages through his connections, a lot of them are convened members, a mm -hmm. lot of them are from churches, to get enough money for a next container. Mm -hmm. And then he said, well, let's go. Come yeah. with me. Let's yeah. go give them out. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to show you something that you've never seen before. It is, it is very powerful, and I would have to say that the end of the story for me uh, just speaking from experience, is when I got a chance to lift a little boy with very thin, rickety legs. I don't know what he had, but I, I, I lifted this little boy, the weight of a feather, into this wheelchair, and the smile broke out on his face, and the smile broke out on mom and dad's face, and uh, it was just an incredible moment that I will never forget. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure that's repeated thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, I guess a million times for you as Free Wheelchair Mission expands around the world. It's almost, it's like all of a sudden I never really thought much of my future because I knew I wasn't going to get very far because everybody told me the best I could do would be a beggar uh -huh. if I could crawl. And, um, and that's pretty much my life. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you get this, you're not on the ground, you got these wheels beneath you. If your arms are strong enough, you can move your wheels by yourself, and, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, whoa! What is what that future? What what is that? What does it look like now? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? What could I give you for eighty dollars that would be, totally change your future? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I know what you could give seventy million people that That's would right. totally change your future. That's right. And then, you're, you're, what are you going to do next? They don't have an answer. Hmm. Most of the time, they don't have an answer because yeah. they never thought of it. They yeah. didn't allow themselves to think about it because they never thought it would be even reasonable to ponder. Yeah. So is it fair to say that every wheelchair goes with uh, a message somehow uh, of the gospel? It's, how, do, how does that happen? It's, that's, there's the a, that's a challenge for us. Uh, and our board is set way back in the beginning. A, a, a minimum, a maximum, a minimum of 25% can, a maximum of 25% can go without it, without a message. Okay. Um, simply because we can't find um, organizations that can actually give a message, sometimes because the country won't allow them to. Message carriers. Like uh, our biggest partner is in Vietnam. Huh. Uh, he, 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 he has to be perceived as a secular organization to operate in Vietnam. Yes. And so he, he legally can't give a message or he'll be booted out of Vietnam. Yeah. So if a business person listening, maybe convened member, maybe not a convened member, but a business person who has resources and freedom of time wanted to do something. They could be a message carrier along with uh, somebody who brings the gift of mobility to a people yes. group somewhere in the world. Would they just log on to your website and call you and ask uh, where the need is? And then there's 75% of the wheelchairs go to places where you can openly give a message. Okay. Uh, and so they, there's ways of giving a message without being open. Mm -hmm. uh, and and sometimes it's equally rewarding to the message giver as well as the recipient of the message because yeah. you've basically got these people saying what what are you doing why is this happening yeah uh, well the message we tell our partners to give is well we're inspired to do this because of what Jesus what we heard from Jesus yeah he had a, sp sp a very special love for the disabled yes the poor and disabled uh -huh. and we want to do what he told us to do we want to aid the we want you to know this wheelchair is from him. Yeah, those people who have, as as the New Testament talks about over and over and again, physical or uh, whatever needs, a drink of water, uh, a warm blanket, etc. And I, I don't know. I think we've confused in North America over the last 
I don't know, 75, 100 years, this whole notion of evangelism and said that everything has to have overt, uh, very strong evangelism when Jesus was very clear that uh, a blanket, a cup of water, uh, clothing was something that was important to just give, period. Yes. And you're doing that a million times And so we far. insist, uh, and cause, you know, a lot of people, when they hear what I just said, they think, oh, yeah, we're going to try to have them agree to some belief before we give them the chair. Yes. Because that's what evangelists yeah, do. Yeah, no. Some, but not all. But And, and I want to make it clear, we're a faith-based um, public organization. Mm-hmm. We insist that there's no discrimination on who mm-hmm. gets the chair. There's yeah. no preconditions, religion, sex, age, whatever. They yeah. get a chair for free. It has to be for free. Yeah. Um, and if they ask or if we are in a country where we can tell why we're doing this, we want them to hear that. So we've worked with partners who understand that. Um, some of them are small organizations you wouldn't know about unless you're in the city where they operate. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like Food for the Poor, Food for the Hungry, mm-hmm. World Vision, Operation Blessing. You know, you know about these these guys. Mm-hmm. And, and there are countries where they can and cannot give a message. Yeah. But they still do work. Yeah. So what would a trip basically look like if uh, somebody wanted to do something first? They would log on to your website. Why don't you share what that is? Yeah, freewheelchairmission.org. Freewheelchairmission.org. And then if they wanted to do something, they could get, what, 5, 10, 15 friends together and go to country X that you share with them and talk, yes. talk about what that would look well, like. We well, we know the people that are listening to this have... The capacity, not necessarily individually, but with their connections, yeah. to raise forty-four thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, it, it it might take um, a year. It, it might take an afternoon. I've seen it happen in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Just ten people around the table say, "I can do this." Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, we have uh, a list of countries. I said we we operated in ninety-three countries, but we know there's ten or twelve or so that we really can send a group. Mm-hmm. So we can't just have uh, the contributor of a container say, "I want to go to Country X." Yes, because you know it's where you need them to go. There's well, there's and there's a lot of reasons why we wouldn't want to send them to X because X may not be a place where there's an infrastructure that would make them feel comfortable right. while they're there. Right, right. And and so we we have okay, well, this is what we can do. We can we can uh, here's these countries you can pick from them. It probably takes six months minimum, maybe even longer to plan the trip. Mm-hmm. There's things that you, we've learned to dodge around, like elections. Mm-hmm. Like the seasons, mm-hmm. the monsoons. Yeah, I, w- I was in an election moment in, Eth- in in Nigeria, and I would just tell you it wasn't very fun. Yes, uh, as people were chanting on the street corners. So right, wouldn't want that. And they they're not planning on giving away wheelchairs when they're out doing uh, chanting. No. No. So we avoid all those things, and then um, and then let it happen. And probably they're going to come back different people. Oh yeah, because we're going to show them a part of the world that they wouldn't see on a tour as a as a tourist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. get to hang out with people that are really doing God's work, yeah, and and breaking bread with them, and and getting to know their family, and uh, and uh, sometimes I think we should even charge for this as a as a as a tour, uh-huh. but we don't. Uh-huh. Um, but you have to pay your expenses to get there, uh-huh. and and you know room and board and all that, uh, and then then you have this opportunity to see another side of the world. Wow. And help somebody in a way that you never thought you could. Yeah, and I can say firsthand it's it's life-changing, no doubt about it. Do you have a favorite story of a changed life? I'm sure you have a zillion, but anything come to mind? Well, that the, the, probably the most powerful, shortest story I have 
it was this, this was again in India, I, we call it 52 because um, he was 52 years old. And that's all we learned about his himself personally, except huh. the fact that he was robbed at a train station, pushed in front of an oncoming train, which took off his legs. Huh. And that's why he was disabled. That, this happened like 15 years ago. Yeah. And he got one of our early chairs and uh, he was out in a parking lot doing three things. He was holding his chest as if his heart was going to burst. He was wiping tears from his eyes. And he was throwing his hands up, praising God. Wow. This was Hindu man. Yeah. But this is what he heard when he got the wheelchair. This was a gift from this God up there. And, and he's just doing this over and over again. And it was almost out of, his, out of control. And hmm. finally, focused, got him to focus. Said, well, what's going on? And he says, I'm 52 years old. Told us the story. And he said, this is the first time that anybody's ever done anything for me in my whole life. Hmm. The first kind thing anybody has ever done is they gave me this wheelchair. Hmm. And this, who knows where this man is yeah. and where he's done with that chair. I mean, people get jobs. People raise families. People yeah. run for elections. I mean, all these things are happening. There's a lot of people who just they get a chance to see the sunlight or the moon go setting or to see their, their son play soccer for the first time. Uh-huh. All these things are just happening all around the world. Yeah, they get to see, I guess, the world from about, uh, what would you call it, five or six feet higher or maybe four or five feet higher than they were before, something like that. But uh, they get dignity, uh, they get hope, they uh, get a life with no res- less restrictions, and it's a wonderful thing. So, uh, gosh, thanks for coming in, freewheelchairmission.org. Uh, we really appreciate you coming, and I hope that our conversation inspires some business leaders in Convene or not in Convene. If you're a business leader uh, and interested in doing something, log onto the website and do something about it. Get some business friends and let's make some, some things happen. So our campaign is a million for a million. Okay. I love we it. get a million people to give one chair. Uh-huh. And that's $80. And that's $7 a month for a year. We, we could get the next million wheelchairs out. It's that simple. Wow. Wow. Well, we're uh, here to help make it happen, and we thank you for your partnership, and we're grateful, and uh, thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. 